Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson here to dig in deeper to what we saw last night. Nice win by the Steelers. So I've got just as usual, all sorts of nuggets to talk about, all kinds of bullet points. Some will be a little disjointed, but all in all, you'll get the gist of it. Got a lot of good feedback from you guys on these. So first of all, nice step forward for Kenny Pickett. No question. Multiple passing touchdowns really settled in in the middle of the game. Um, a couple things I wanted to talk about with him, him as a runner and even as a designed runner must be a staple. I mean, one or two designed runs a game, but I mean, I'm not saying he needs to be Michael Vick out there or, you know, Justin Fields, but he needs to have the freedom and maybe that's not even the word, the desire when things aren't there, just go, you know, I mean, it's really a weapon. He's good at it. I liked a lot that they got him on the move by design, rollouts, bootlegs, things of that nature to throw, you know, not just as, as a runner. I thought that was a nice little addition to what we've been seeing. Started a little shaky, but settled in, got more and more confident. That was obvious. I think that's the player he is. Um, Matt Canada, I think all in all had a good game. I would like to see, we saw more, Middle of the field passing, something we've been calling for forever. And against Spillane and company, there's no reason not to in this game. A lot more in-breaking routes. Uh, much has been talked about the the tells, the run-pass tells. I don't see a run-pass tell in shotgun, but under center, it sure seems like they run the ball every time they're under center. Uh, don't love that. Plus, more Fryermuth. Yay. I mean, that was my... Article I wrote this week, you know, step one with this offense is get that guy more involved. Maybe they read it. <laughs> um, as for the wide receivers, they all did something, if, if not more. I mean, not, not like they just did something. They all did their part, you know, especially with Deontay out. It looked to me as if Pickens was regularly doubled. Um, and all those guys contributed nicely. You know, they spread the ball around. That's another thing I would mention with Pickett. N nice work spreading the ball around, not relying on one option, multiple key people getting multiple targets. Just to remember, the Raiders hadn't allowed a sack this year coming into this game. Well, that changed quickly. You know, Watt now has six sacks, which puts him on pace for 34. Not going to happen, of course, but he's on pace for 34. He just comes every play, every week. 
Um, he fought off double teams, finished the game with two sacks, six pressures. Six pressures is a ton. Six quarterback hits and a turnover caused by pressure. Just a massive playmaker. And coming into this game, he also led the team or the league in quarterback knockdowns, a combination of quarterback hits and sacks. I'm sure he's right at the top of the list still, if not you know, pulling away. But spelling him, too, also really pays off. You know, like he exerts a lot of energy out there and be able to get him out for here and there. And there's times when you even saw Herbig and Golden out there together with Highsmith and Watt just kind of watching alongside coach, you know. And Golden had a sack, really used his leverage. I don't want to say in a James Harrison manner, but the low man wins against the taller Colton Miller, who's like 6'8". That was phenomenal. Um, Watt also helped the first Jimmy INT with his pressure, too. We talked about that, too. A turnover caused by pressure. So, to make sure we reiterated that. The inside linebacker situation, to me, is... Interesting, and it's coming along. I think Holcomb is really establishing himself overall. The inside linebackers actually make plays. Holy smokes, you know, amazing. So, between Alexander, Holcomb, Roberts, and Robinson, who they kind of threw in there a little. I don't know if that's an experiment or is that a Raiders-only thing. Need to find out more about that, and I'm excited to see his snap counts. So, between the four of them, it's always the three, they got 17 tackles, one was for a loss, a pass defense, a quarterback hit. I mean, it's better than you got last year. It's not Ham and Lambert again, but considering what you have invested in this group, that's working out just fine. Along those lines, and the linebackers have a lot to do with this, one of my huge keys to this game was no long runs allowed. Certainly accomplished that. You know, never let Jacobs get free, get in the open space, you know, run away from people. I tend to think that that's something that was kind of an anomaly in the first two weeks. But who's to say? We do have a lot of new bodies at positions, particularly inside linebackers we mentioned. Um, Benton was another guy I can't talk enough about. I mean, I really think the Steelers have something there. I'd like to see even more snaps. I think he's more impressive than Leal by far. I know they sort of play different positions, but why bother? You know, I mean, um, but Benton is just Benton with my note here is Benton with a bunch of exclamation points. You know, I am psyched for this guy. Gets his first sack. Many more to come. He's a keeper. A really impressive player. Um, how about I just lost my place. Here we go. Levi Wallace snagged two interceptions on the night, the last of which put the final nail in the coffin for the Raiders. But it wasn't all good for Wallace, however, as he allowed eight catches for 104 yards and two touchdowns across 13 targets in coverage. That's from Pro Football Focus. They threw at him 13 times, allowed eight catches for over 100 yards. Up and down night, been an up and down year. More down, I think, than up for Levi of lately. I mean, I think it would be great to be able to bring him off the bench and maybe Porter, Looming, or King can make that happen. I do think they want to move Peterson more of the inside. So, we'll see how things work out with that cornerback situation. It's not terrible now. It's not great. I mentioned last night, there's not a lot of team speed at that position. It's actually probably one of the slowest cornerback groups in, in the league. 
Um, and, and whenever Garoppolo was targeting Devontae Adams last night, he had a passer rating of 85.8. His overall passer rating, including those targets to Adams, was 72.5. So clearly, you know, Adams was the straw that stirred the drink. Um, quick break here. I got a lot more to talk about. Be back in a moment. So what do you guys take away from Najee Harris's game? Was this a positive? You tend to think so. Would other, I put in quotes, lead backs have done more in the same situation? I just answered that, yes. Is this as good as it gets? Question mark. He now has four runs of 15 or more yards already. I mean, that's a much, much better pace than it has been for him in this running game overall. But I, I do a lot of shows with Tim Benz, and he had an interesting take on last week's game against Cleveland. Remember the two runs against the Browns where Najee got free, you know, fought like crazy, shrugged some people off, and then actually had space to accelerate. Tim mentioned that's what worried me. He said those were great runs. They were great football plays. But when he actually did have space, he didn't look explosive or run away from anyone. You know, he looked slow when he had the final opportunity to really go. I don't know that I can fight him on that. But this is the first time with over 100 rushing yards in a game for the team this year. Obviously, the middle of the middle, you know, moving the right direction. I mentioned this last night, but they really controlled the middle of this game. You know, not counting a one snap possession to end the first half, you know, you know, kneel down. The Steelers scored on all four of their possessions in the second and third quarters. It's great. Got the feet under them, established himself, took control of the game. Special teams had something to do with it as well. Fantastic night for Chris Boswell and Presley Harvin. Boswell had three field goals, including a 57-yarder early in the third quarter that gave the Steelers a 16-7 lead. Harvin averaged 53.8 yards per punt and put the Raiders inside the 20 three times, including a 63-yarder in the final minute that just hung in the air forever. I will say, mentioned this before, Josh McDaniels, Decision down eight with 225 remaining to kick a field goal on fourth and four from the Steelers' eight-yard line. That was a gift. Thanks, Coach McDaniels. Bad decision. I thought that at the time, too. I'm like, what are you doing? I mean, this is might be as good as it gets for your chances to score a touchdown. He kicks a field goal. Yeah. Oh, well. Minka, he had the blitz, which I have a problem with, that was ended up the sack, blitz, penalty, whatever. Everyone remembers that. 
But I saw him playing a lot of man coverage against Adams. I saw him all over the field. I think they're very comfortable with KZ in the deep middle to the point where they'll allow Minka to do a lot. Impact player, even from distance, but they use him all over the place. I was really impressed with Minka in this game. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, he now leads the NFL with six interceptions. Two interceptions in the first three quarters on bad throws, you know, in my opinion. I mean, led the 10 points directly. Huge. Making plays on defense. What do we think? You know, we talked a little about the corner Wallace situation. Is it time to experiment? And I don't know this answer. You don't know this answer because I'm not an offensive line coach who coaches a guy every day. But is it time to take Dan Moore out and put Jones in? I'm sure all of you are going, yes, of course. He's a star, blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying Jones is a good run blocker. Is it time for him to learn on the fly now that the Max Crosby, Garrett, Bosa, uh, you know, brutal slate is gone? Maybe. It might be that time for me. I mean, I, I, I don't know if that's the plan all along, but – you look at this O-line and think, boy, they're struggling, getting a little better, better with double teams. But your most talented guy is still out there. You know, you still have an ace in your hand you haven't played yet. Um, along these lines, you know, the young lineman, I'm getting mixed feelings on DeMarvin Leal, too. Is he an asset? Should he be starting? Aren't the best three defensive linemen, Benton, Ogan, Joby, and Adams? They certainly could use Cam back. And from what I understand, it's probably not as long an injury as some seem to be reporting. But who knows for sure? I mean, he's on IR. Would you consider calling Namakong Su, somebody along those lines? Or by the time he gets ready, will Cam be back? Then you got to cut somebody. Loudermilk, maybe. He didn't. I don't think he played much in this one. So the D-line thing's a little interesting to me, too. Um, so talking about control in the middle of the game, Vegas scored on a 32 touchdown, 32 yard touchdown to Adams. And then the Steelers answered with 23 straight points. I mean, that's taking control of the game. Um, the defensive game plan was centered on stopping the run. That's definitely true. And I've seen some people saying they were okay with Adams tearing them a new one. I can't believe that, to be honest with you. But I do think there's something to be said for putting Garoppolo in a position where he has to be the guy. And his three interceptions proved that that's not a bad idea. Some snap counts with Steeler skill position stuff. I get this earlier than the other, than the other spots. 62 offensive snaps. Pickens played 55. Robinson played 50. Austin played 45. Okay. I like this. Fryermuth played 49, Washington 29, Hayward 13. How about routes run for tight ends? Fryermuth was is at 23. It's exactly what you want. Washington at 8, Hayward at 3. What about the running back splits? Pretty even. Najee 31 snaps, 29 from Warren. But 14 routes and four targets for Warren versus nine routes and one target for Harris. Okay. 
Um, along those lines, they had both played 25 offensive snaps with five minutes left in the game. That's the highest percentage Warren has played in a win for Pittsburgh. Usually, if you're coming from behind, he's going to be out there more. Uh, Warren averaged more yards per carry in this game. He's been the bigger factor in the passing game. Also, George Pickens gained 75-plus receiving yards for the second straight game, making this the best two-game stretch of his NFL career. Here's a little stupid thing I almost didn't bring up because it's late September. But if the playoffs started today, you probably would think, yeah, Steelers are probably in, right? They'd be the two seed. They're winning the division. I mean, since he hasn't played tonight, but they're not going to win two games tonight. They would be the two seed right now. So, yeah, there's been some ugliness, but they're on the right path for where they want to be postseason. Last thing, this is not really a Steelers note, but it is because a lot of talk about the Steeler offense. Did they just play two awesome defenses to start the season, or are they awful? And obviously, the, the answer in all these things is always somewhere in between. But that being said, there's four teams left to play tonight. Right now, in terms of EPA, the Browns are by far number one. By far the best defense in the league through three games. San Francisco's fourth. Steelers are ninth, by the way. So the Browns are allowing fewer than 11 points a game this season. On Sunday, they dominated the Titans 27-3. to Tennessee mustered just six first downs and 94 total yards. Through three games, if you admit kneel downs at the end of a half, Jim Schwartz's defense has limited opponents to just one touchdown on 34 drives. That's insane. (laughs) That's insane. So sometimes you have to give the opponent some credit. And I guess I should throw this out there, too, to throw a little bit of a wet blanket on that. I told you that the Browns are by far number one in defensive EPA. The Niners are fourth. Very solid there right behind the Bills and Dallas. Steelers are ninth, just ahead of the Saints and Patriots and Eagles. But last night's opponent is 29th. The Raiders are only ahead of the Giants, Bears, and Broncos. So try to provide some context here. And I think that's exactly what we did. All right. Take care. Over and out.